good to be with you again. We are in the middle of a series that is entitled The Way Forward. Uh, we're looking at, we've taken a look at the past, where we've come from, last 50 years, God's faithfulness to White River. And now we're looking, what's the future? What's the next 50 years? Where are we going? And uh, we've been doing that through looking at a, a specific uh, verse that Jesus calls Peter and Andrew through. Uh, if you remember this verse, uh, it is Matthew 4.19. It says, come, follow me, and I will show you how to fish for people. Come, follow me. That's the belong piece. I will show you the become piece. And then how to fish for people is the build piece. We've been asking three questions. Where do you belong? Who are you becoming? And what are you building? Today, we're going to answer that third one. But before we do, let me pray for us. Jesus, thank you. Well, thanks for the opportunity to, just to continue to meet here and to worship you and to be reminded. Thanks for this morning, just gathering us together as your people. Uh, we trust that you're going to speak through this word, that you're going to challenge our hearts, that you're going to call us to hire, and that you will provide as we step into that hire. And so, Holy Spirit, I just ask that you would soften our hearts to hear your word this morning and that you would speak. We love you, Jesus, and pray these things in your precious name. Amen. So I don't know in high school if this ever happened to you, but sometimes we would have open book tests. You have that one teacher that would allow you to have an open book test, which you would think for most students meant you were going to get 100%, right? Wrong. You didn't have Lance in your class, right? Like, open book test almost stressed me out more than just a regular test. Because that meant I had to read what I hadn't already read and find the answers to the questions that I was looking for, right? But this morning, what I want to do is I want to give you an open book test, and I want to go ahead and give you the answer to the question before we even jump in, okay? So what are you building? The answer we're looking for is the kingdom of God. That's the answer we're looking for this morning. There's no need to like, you know, you can open your book. We're going to ask you to do that in a second. But before we even open the book, I'm giving you the answer. The kingdom of God. That's what we want you as God's people building. That's what Jesus wanted for us when he says, I'm going to show you how to fish for men. So if you have your Bibles, open up with me to Ephesians chapter 2. And here's my fear. My fear is this. We're all building a lot of things. Maybe you're building uh, your resume right now because you're looking for a new job. Maybe you're building um, into a relationship because you're hoping uh, that it'll end in marriage. Maybe you're building your personal business out of your own home. Maybe you're building your reputation and work ethic at, at work so you get a promotion. Maybe you're building your 401k. Listen, all these things are good things, but all of them have one thing in common. That's this. They all have an expiration date. Every single one of those things has an expiration date. What we're talking about this morning has no expiration date. What we're talking about this morning will last for eternity. Ephesians chapter 3 says this, God, this is verse 8, God saved you by his grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for this. It's a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the things that we have done, so none of us can boast about it. For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so that we can do the good things 
He planned for us long ago. I love this uh, verse for lots of reasons because there's so many implications to this question, what are you building? And uh, I started to think through like, what separates us out from other religions? I mean, what separates what we believe out from other religions? And I think this is it. When, uh, when you look at some other religions that are around the world that we, that we experience in, the, in everyday life, right? It is faith plus works, right? Faith plus your works equals justification, equals your salvation. It's, it's your faith. Yes, you have to have faith, but you also have to prove that faith by the things that you do. You have to earn it. And then you're justified if, if you do good enough, do enough. That's not what we believe. What we believe is that our faith equals our justification. When you believe, you are then justified. You are saved. God saved you by his grace when you believed. That verse doesn't say when you believed and then did really, really good. When you believed and then you started to shape up your life. I said this last week. It's nothing you can do to earn that salvation. It is your faith that equals justification and then come good works. Then we add in these good works that are motivated differently. It's completely different. In fact, this, this passage in Ephesians is why we would say that. Because Paul completely eliminates that possibility, that first equation. God saved you by his grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for this. It's a gift from God. You see, if it had something to do with the things that you could do uh, to make yourself better, or to live up to God's standard, or to do more good than you did bad, then if we'd be tempted, you and I'd be tempted to be like, well, we're the ones that saved ourselves. But, but that's the problem is that God knew that that was going to be the temptation because who are we usually about? <laughs> like what I did, what I accomplished, what I can do, what I can get done. I've told you this before. There's moments in my life where sometimes I'm like, hey, Jesus, hold my Bible. I got this, right? No, 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 no. You don't got nothing, Lance. You don't have anything. Your works don't mean anything when it comes to your salvation. And in fact, they're, they're mutually exclusive. Your faith is over, the, over here, right? And those good works, they're over here. They, have, they don't have anything to do with each other. I love um, this, this commentator. His name is James, James Boyce. And he puts it this way. Either we are saved by grace alone or we are trying unsuccessfully to save ourselves by our own works. That's it. Either you're saved by grace alone, or you're unsuccessfully trying really, really hard to save yourself. And it's not going to happen. And so we have to understand that when we talk about what are we building, and when we answer that question with the kingdom of God, we got to rewind to this part where th th this is how you've been saved. It was a free gift upon God's part to you and I. Because that becomes the why. That becomes why we build the king. That's, that becomes why we use what we have in order to do so. Right? Because before that, the why would just be because we, we work really hard. And then it says this in this verse, salvation uh, is not a reward for the good things you've done so that no one can boast about it. Then he says, for we are God's masterpiece. 
I started to think about this this past week. Like, you start a painting, and like in the beginning of the painting, I don't know if you've ever like watched a painter before, and you're like, you're watching them paint, and you're like, where are we going here, right? Like, I don't see it yet, <laughs> you know? Like, but there's this one dude out there, and I don't know how he does this. He like paints upside down. Have you ever seen this guy before? He like paints upside down. You're like watching, and I'm like, I see nothing. I got nothing. He's like, I'm almost finished. He's like, no, you're not. There's nothing on that but paint, you know? Like, and then all of a sudden, he's like, woo. And you're like, what? What just happened? What'd you do with my mind? How do you paint upside down? And it's not a masterpiece until it's done. The work has been done in your life. You're already a masterpiece. Why? Because Jesus already died for you on the cross before you can even attempt to do bad works or good works. He already did it. He already made you that. You are his masterpiece. When he looks at you, his mind's blown. He's overwhelmed by what you are. And then, and then he says, God has created us anew in Christ Jesus so that we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. Wow, that, <laughs> that verse has got so much in it. He created you anew. We talked about this when we talked about what are you becoming? That old life, it's already gone. There's a new creation. We know this from 2 Corinthians. All of us that have been here have read 2 Corinthians 5. That we are made a new creation. We're given a new being, a body when we are saved, when we believe. You're created anew in who? In Christ Jesus. So we could do what? So that we could do, this is my favorite part of this verse, good things he planned for us long ago. Listen, he had a plan for you long ago. This is why those things that I mentioned in the beginning are really great, but, but they're things that have an expiration date. This doesn't have an expiration date because it was created for you long ago before you were knit together in your mother's womb. It was created for you right now in this moment of your life. It was created for you and it's going to last long after you because you are tapping into something that is eternal. It doesn't have an expiration date. I was a, a junior in high school. I had accepted Jesus about two years before that. And I, I was headed to youth group. I ran into my youth pastor like I normally did when I came through the door. And he stopped me and he said, hey, Lance, I was wondering if you'd be willing to teach at our fifth quarter this month. Now, if you don't know what that is, um, you know, this is a popular student ministry uh, uh, outreach event, fifth quarter to have something after the football and basketball games. Uh, and then, you know, you have first, second, third, fourth quarter at the basketball game. And then you come to the church and have fifth quarter uh, where the basketball gets real ugly and uh, we get to eat pizza. Okay. Like that's, you come and hang out at the church and we would descend on the church. Uh, we'd eat pizza, play basketball, play games. And then one of the students would give uh, a devotion I would teach for about 10 minutes. And so he, as I'm walking through the door, he asked me this question. And like, you know, those moments where like pure shock comes over your body and everything tingles. And that's what happened. And he was my youth pastor. So I, I, I mean, I, yes. And then he walked away, started the youth group. And I'm sitting there thinking, what did I just say yes to? <laughs> teach what? Public speaking? Does he know who I am, right? Like, I accepted Jesus two years ago. I don't think you want me up there, buddy, right? 
And so I, I, I planned, I prepared, I panicked, right? And fifth quarter came. And I got, I, I thought about this. I really legitimately thought about, it. I'm just gonna get my car and drive to Illinois. So when he calls, like, where are you at? I'm back. I got lost. I'm not gonna make it back in time, you know? Like, I'm in Illinois somehow. I don't know what happened there. Yeah, you know, I, I was, I legitimately thought about that as I pulled out of the school parking lot. But I showed up and, 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 I, and I taught that night. I stepped on stage and, and I said things that I didn't remember right afterwards. I read scripture. I'm pretty sure I made a point. And I came off the stage and I felt something I'd never felt before in my life. I had no idea how to explain it. I didn't know what it was. I left that night just so confused. What just happened? And then Sunday morning, I showed up to Sunday school and one of my friends handed me this. This is dated February 1st of 2002. Lance, thanks for speaking of fifth quarter. You did an amazing job. Some of, this, some of the things that you said went straight out to me. Like how we need to think about our friends and who we sit next to in third period and our enemies and if they'll be with us in heaven. I've been thinking that same thought lately and wondering when I die, will there be anyone in heaven because I showed them Jesus? So if you were wondering if anyone got anything out of what you said, I wanted you to know that I did. It's great to see a guy openly share his love for Jesus and that's so apparent in you. Thanks for your example. Our youth group needs people like you to step out there on the line to share Jesus. God has given you a gift of when you're talking to a group, it makes it seem as though you're just talking to one person. You're open about your own life and faults and that really helped draw me in closer and listen to what you had to say. At CIY this past summer, you were so honest and upfront with all that was going on in your life and that was cool to see. Not saying that sinning is great, but knowing that I'm not the only one who struggles with stuff. I may be wrong, but I'm pretty sure that you are making the decision or trying to about going into ministry. Am I right? She wasn't right at that time. <laughs> Thanks, God. Well, if I am, you weren't. Uh, I want you to know I'll be praying for you and all the decisions and choices you'll be making as you head off to college next year. I've only been a Christian about three and a half years, so I'm still doing a lot of learning and growing, but if you ever need someone to pray for you or give you some encouragement, you're welcome to come to me. Thanks for your openness and your message. I'm sure that God has got some amazing things planned for you. Your sister in Christ, Sarah. She knew I had a gift before I knew I had a gift. I know what her gift was. It's encouragement. It's been, what, 21 years, and I still have that letter. I'm pretty sure she wouldn't remember one word I spoke that night. But you know what? I've never forgotten reading that letter because I had tapped into what I'd experienced, the good things that he had planned for me long ago. All of a sudden, I was in a place doing something that God had created me for. And I walked off the stage and I wouldn't have been able to say it then, I can say it now, feeling the exhilaration of knowing the Holy Spirit just did something in and through me that I'm not able to do myself. And this is what God desires for. This is what Jesus wants for you. This is why you're created anew in Christ Jesus. This is the why, because when you understand the gift that you've been given, 
then, then the good works come. Then you respond out of gratitude for what he's done for you. Then you can jump into what he has planned for you long ago. And so how do we do that? How do we go about that? Well, the first thing uh, you probably need to figure out is, is what are you passionate about? What are you gifted in? How, we ask this question sometimes on ourselves, how are you built? How did God design you? Take your Bibles and flip with me to 1 Peter chapter 4. Some of you, I know what some of you are thinking. I, I'm not going to get up on stage anytime soon, Lance. You know, like, that's not me. I don't know if I have any gifts. 1 Peter 4.10 says this, God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them to serve one another. Okay, let me back up a little bit, okay? Let's go back to 1 Peter 4 verse Two, because you see, once you accept this, I'm getting ahead of myself. I'm getting excited here. Once you accept this gift that he's given you, once you've you've really been justified and saved by Christ and you understand that fully and it's a reality in your life, he tells us this, you won't spend, this is 1 Peter 4, 2, you won't spend the rest of your lives chasing your own desires, but you'll be anxious to do the will of God. I want to say that when my you pastor asked me if I teach the fifth quarter, I was just anxious to do the will of God. I think I just got caught off guard, but God was putting me in a place where I could be anxious to do the will of God because from then forward, I wanted to do it so bad, but I was also so nervous and felt so ill-equipped, incapable, I don't know enough about the Bible. I haven't followed Jesus long enough. I had every excuse that you could imagine. I wish I would have known this passage. God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. Every single one of you has been given a gift. I can't help but to think about these two little ones in the second row in front of me. They have gifts God has given them. And one day they're going to figure them out. The question is, have you figured out what your gift is? Because the first step in the how is to figure out what the gift is. Then, it's, then we're called to use that gift. It's not enough for us just to know that our gifts. It'd be one thing if I was like, yeah, I, I know I'm a really good preacher and teacher. I'm just, ah, I'm going to do something else. Like, no, 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 no. This is what you were created for. This is what he did long ago in you and in your heart and in your life to use for his kingdom. And and so what are some of those gifts? If you want to flip with me to Romans, there's a bunch of lists of gifts in the Bible. Some of them are a little more intimidating, bring more questions. I'm not going to read those this morning. We ain't got time for that. Okay. I'm going to read Romans chapter 12 because these are some that, that, that might not overwhelm you. Okay. So this is Romans chapter 12. And it's verse six. This is now the third place we're being told we've been given gifts. We have something uh, that we've been called to do for the kingdom of God. Verse six, in his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. If your gift is serving others, serve them well. If you're a teacher, teach well. If your gift is encouraging others, be encouraging. If it is giving, give generously. If God has given you leadership ability, take the responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift for showing kindness to others, do it gladly. 
you see, every single one of you has a gift. What we read over and over in scripture is, use the gift. Right now in this building, there are people using gifts to teach middle school small groups. Right now in this building, there are people who are using their gifts to love on the little ones back in the preschool hallway. Somebody use their gift this morning. And if you don't think this is a gift, go work at the coffee station to make you that cup of coffee. Okay. I've tried it. It's a gift. I don't have it. All right. There are people right now in this back room up there in that booth using their gift and technology to make the lights work, the sound go, the slides run, that they're using their gifts Right now, over here on the other side of this wall, there are people using their gifts to love on those who have special needs. One such person is one of my good buddies. His name is Danny Buck. Check out his story. I started as a young kid feeling very, very drawn to kids with special needs. And uh, when the rest of the class was watching the electric company or whatever they were watching on TV, I would go and work with the kids in special needs. In fact, the church we were going to at the time also had a very large special needs program. And instead of going to Sunday school, I went to the special needs and helped in that there. It's just something that I think God has put on my heart from a very, very young age. The people in the special needs programs, they just have an open, honest, happy love for God and Jesus and the heaven that we're all gonna get to spend together. And the fact that when they are in heaven, everybody's gonna be equal. It's all gonna be the same. And they're very excited about that. I try to use the same attitude that I have with the kids in the special needs, with people that I come in contact with in the rest of the world out of church with kind of the same thing, that everybody's different and everybody's special in their own way and that God created them that way. Danny is very tender and compassionate and patient. So for him working with the special needs, it gives him a sense of fulfillment that he is adding into their lives. It makes him so happy because not only does he um, have some more time with the kids, but he also is giving the parents some time away. So to him, working with the special needs is not just working with the kids, but it's making that whole family a little bit better from what he's offering. I think being generous with our time, being generous with our finances, all of that brings full circle what God has, you know, taught us in the Bible, what he's taught us in church, that your generosity to other people, whether it be through donating time, donating money, whatever it is, your generosity towards God's people will tenfold be poured back on you. From a young age, Danny knew the gifts that God had given him. Yeah, you can give, you can, you can applaud that. From a young age, he knew that. He could feel that. He could sense that in himself. And he continued to pursue that. And even in his old age, right, he's still pursuing it. It's not as if he ever retired from it. He didn't. He's still doing it. I'm going to get in trouble for this this morning. I'm just going to throw it out there. I didn't ask for permission because I knew she'd say no. Nancy Chance teaches 9 a.m. kindergarten class at this church. And she has since I've been here, which is longer than eight years. You want to know what the funnest class in this building is on Sunday morning? It's Nancy Chance's Sunday school, right? 
The lady walked in last week. It was St. Patrick's Day. I didn't even know St. Patrick's Day was coming. She had cupcakes, right? Some of us are like, well, that, my kid could have done without that. But, but she rec- recreates the Last Supper for these kids in that room. She's got a gift. And she ain't looking for us to thank her for that. In fact, she's going to be mad at me that I said her name this morning. But she's back there doing that right now. Because she has a gift that God's given her, that God gave her long before she was here. And that will last long after. But you know how many kids are going to say, there's this this lady when I grew up in church that just made it different. She made the the Bible come alive when I was in Sunday school class at church at 9 a.m. Right? Some of you in this room are right now probably thinking of somebody who did that exact same thing for you. I'm going to get myself in trouble again, okay? We're going to do a little something, and I'm just going to do it because whatever. Trust me. Love me. Okay? If you're 50 or older, stand up. Come on now. Yeah. All right. Let's see. This is where the teacher calls you out, okay? I mean this in all seriousness. We need you. We need your love for Jesus. We need your time for the kids that are in this building. We need your maturity and your life experience. Look around, there's a bunch of young couples in here who think we know what we're doing. We have no clue. No clue what we're doing. We're raising kids through things you raise kids through. We're walking the path that you've walked. We need the you. This church needs you. The kingdom of God needs you. You can sit down. And if you're serving right now and you just stood up, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Seriously. Because it's so much bigger than church on Sunday. It's so much bigger than that. But we need you. Because the kingdom of God does not expire. You can't retire from something that never stops. And let me tell you this. This is just a a practical, real world. I'm going to give you two practical things this morning. I hosted this morning because there was nobody on our staff that could host. I hosted this morning because I went through three different elders and finally got to death. You said, I'll do it as long as you do that part. (laughs) Straight up honest with you this morning. You want to know why there was no staff person to do any of the hosting in this room this morning? Because they're all filling spots around this building. Because some of them are holding babies this morning. Because some of them are in elementary this morning. Because one of them's teaching in student ministry this morning. Because we've got massive gaps in volunteers here. And you're like, but Lance, it happens every single week. My kids are back there. They're safe, right? Yes, they're safe. But we're doing it on the most minimal amount of volunteers that we can do it. We have a staff member moving off of our kids team. Remember, we're not going to have a staff leader for kids team moving into the next few weeks. And who knows how long? Yes, we have the job posted. Yes, we're searching. But we don't have one right now. And so I met with that team leader. And this is what she showed me. She gave me this spreadsheet on a sheet of paper. And I throw that. I said, what is this? All the black spots I marked out, okay, because those were names. The rest of those are yellow spots, are all gaps that we have in classes right now, in preschool and elementary. So right now, if you go to pick your kid up in elementary, sometimes you don't know what room you're going to. That's because we have to combine them, because we don't have enough adults to go back there and teach them. 
to teach our kids about Jesus, to teach our kids about the kingdom, to show them that they're the generation that's going to be next in the church. But we sit in here and say, oh, those, the next generation, they're going, woo, you know that I'm saying about a basket, right? Oh, the next generation, they can't get it together. They don't know their Bibles. Oh, the next generation, how do they don't, man, I'll pray for my kids because this is going to be a terrible world they're going to live in. Then help! Then do something! Then use your gifts! I'm serious about this because I don't want my kids to grow up not knowing these things. And does it happen in one hour on a Sunday school? And I'll be the first person to tell you no. But you want to know what my daughter annoyed the crap out of my son with this past week? The song, My Help. She can't get it out of her mind. She keeps singing it. And Tara's like, would you just stop it? I'm like, no, she ain't stopping. Listen to it. Boy, you need this. Why? Because, you know, I walked back there this morning and Dean Omari is running through hand motions with middle school students. We need your help. Listen, in the next 50 years, we need you to join us in building the kingdom of God right here, to invest in these families. This church, one of the things I love about it is it a multi-generational church. We have, we have generations of families in this church. And what I want us to be in the next 50 years is a multi-generational church that's for the next generation. That's raising the next generation of people who know that they have a gift that God has given them. That they have a purpose and a meaning in this world that's bigger than this world. That they are a part of something that so far outweighs the things that will expire on this earth. And so I got a QR code. I'm just going to put in the corner of that screen and you can hang on to that. 50, 50 plus crowd. If you don't know how to do that, the 40 and under will let you know. Okay. <laughs> I had to, okay. I know you know how to use it. I'm teasing. My parents are 70 plus. They have no idea what that is. Okay. No, my, my parents don't. I promise you. Uh, <laughs> We need you. That, that, that goes directly to a link that you can sign up to serve. And that, listen, kids ministry isn't the only thing that we need help with. You see the same people serving coffee week in and week out because those are the only people we have who will serve coffee right now, right? We, we need your help to do this. And listen, that doesn't just happen here in this building. And let me say this too. If you jump in and you start to serve and you're like, this is not for me where I'm at right now, then come tell us and we'll figure out how to get you somewhere else where you can use your gifts. If you're like, I I've got a gift, but I don't know if you guys could use it, we could use it. We'll figure out how to use it, right? Because we want God using you to build his kingdom. There's one thing that we're told that won't expire, that will last forever. And that is God's kingdom. That is God's kingdom. And so I ask you again, what are you building? Jesus says, come follow me. And I will show you how to fish for men. Come join us for the next 50 years as we learn what it looks like to fish for men. Let me pray for you. Jesus, I, 
I want these kids to know you. I want these kids to see people who believe in them, not just their parents. We all know this. At some point, kids look at us as parents with rose-colored lenses, and my kids are on the verge of it. And they need somebody else to look up to, somebody else who's going to invest in them, somebody else who's going to love on them, somebody else who's going to say, you were made for so much more. We have people who walk through these doors week in and week out who are new to this church, who need to see somebody who just has a smile on their face and will greet them and love on them. We'll remember their name the next time they come through the doors. We need people who will humble their own hearts before you, Lord, and step on stage and use a musical talent they have. Uh, we need people to, to run lights. We need people to go on these mission trips to encourage our partners and to reach out to those around the world. We need your people, God. And so would you, Holy Spirit, put it on our hearts. Would you help us to know what our gifts are? Would you convict us to move and to be a part of something that's so much bigger than us? Something that will last for eternity. Jesus, we love you. We do this because we want you to have all the glory and the honor and the praise. We pray these things in your precious name. Amen.